Talk to everyone, even the naysayers. What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? Welcome back to the Wild Business Growth Podcast. This is your place to hear from a new entrepreneur every single Wednesday morning who's turning wild ideas into wild growth. I'm your host, Max Brandstetter, founder and podcast producer at Max Podcasting. Max Podcast. Sometimes the, the P comes out as a B. That sounds perfectly right. Maxpodcasting.com. You can hit me up at max at maxpodcasting.com to save time with your high-quality podcast. This is episode 196.5, KISS FM, and today's guest is Kat Hauntis. Kat is the co-founder, one of three mom co-founders of 21 Seeds, the awesome, super crazy, duper cool, flavor-infused tequila brand that is blowing up and blowing up. They were acquired by Diageo and have a super unique story. And in this episode, Kat talks everything from starting the brand, what the process was actually going down to Mexico, finding a partner for the tequila, uh, the whole distribution process, getting into retailers and retailers and retailers, and everything from growing the brand to vampires, which makes perfect sense, I know. It is Kat from Kat's Tequila a.k.a. 21 Seeds. Enjoy the show. Alrighty, we are here with Kat Hontis, the co-founder uh, of 21 Seeds. Really, really cool. Flavor-infused tequila company that is blowing up, just had an exciting acquisition. Uh, you can find them in more and more stores nationwide, and they are just so cool. Kat's got an amazing story. Kat, thank you so much for for making time and uh, providing so much tequila that I'm hammered for that. No, I'm just kidding. No, but thank you so much for making time today. How you doing? I'm good. I'm not, I'm, I guess I'm not doing as well as you're doing, but uh, things are progressing nicely. I mean, what day is it? Is it Tuesday or Wednesday today? <laughs> it's uh, it's twenty one seeds day. That's that, that's, that's what's right. most important. Exactly. But this is really cool. You you, what you're doing with your brand and you know your family and kind of the story behind the brand is it's just fascinating. So we're gonna get to that. But to kick things off, can you share the what probably is a a dreaded story for <laughs> for many people out there, which is your doctor tells you to stop drinking wine. Take us in your shoes and, and what happened next. Yeah. So again, this is me and everyone should consult their doctor before they do any drinking at all. Uh, but uh, for me, I was just having trouble metabolizing wine. Uh, there's a lot of organic living material in wine that just kind of goes away when you switch over to a distilled spirit because a distilled spirit just doesn't have anything living in it anymore, right? You, you boil it, a vapor goes up, you cool it and rain, it rains down tequila. Kind of sounds kind of cool, right? Yeah. That sounds like a, like they could turn that metaphor into a Broadway musical, I think. It's a song. And by the way, how many country songs are there out there about tequila? So it's nothing that we've <laughs> thought of that's new and, and ingenious in any way. Um, there were many others who thought about it before us, but um, that it would make a cool like lyric in a song, rain down tequila. <laughs> Max, are we onto something here? Are we? I think so. Are we writers of, of, of songs now? Should we 
take this this whole act to Nashville? I think so. <laughs> but anyways, so yeah, so I stopped drinking wine. And the minute I did that, like I was having sort of these headaches and kind of foggy brain and it's just all this stuff that was not making me feel great. And the minute I stopped drinking wine, all that went away. And now it was sort of left with this Blanco tequila, distilled spirit, like what am I going to do to this Blanco to make it as enjoyable to drink as that glass of wine was? Because like all of us, I'd had, you know, tequila in college and I couldn't even like smell tequila. You know, the thought of drinking tequila nightly instead of that glass of wine just felt A, aggressive for a Tuesday night and B, it just didn't, it, it wasn't something I was looking forward to the way I was looking forward to the wine. So I had to figure out something to do to it to just really make it more drinkable. And I was, you know, buying nice tequila. So it wasn't a question of, oh, is it cheap tequila? And I love to cook and I just started infusing it and that completely changed it. Like it went from being sort of this harsh, you know, kind of smells like alcohol spirit to something that just smelled so incredibly fresh, like the, you know, the fruits and vegetables that I was infusing it with. It imparted just a hint of flavor. It wasn't sweet, right? Like a lot of flavored spirits tend to be overly sweet. And I just, I never drank flavored spirits before that. So I wasn't really looking for a flavored spirit. And it just, it was really smooth. And I could just put it in a wine glass with, you know, some club soda, a slice of orange. And literally if I was, and this is how I drink it nightly, one shot of 21 seeds with club soda, a slice of orange is 59 calories, which is half the calories of the average glass of wine. So it was like hashtag winning. I not only wasn't feeling crappy, but I was able to relax and unwind with this delicious new cocktail that I had created. My seed and soda is what we call it now. And it was half the calories of a glass of wine. So I'm like, I'm in. So I did that for years and years and years um, and just served it to, you know, my friends and family and people started asking me for bottles of it. Um, and you know, I, I, if, if I was going to someone's house, they'd say, can you bring your tequila? And I'd say, sure. And just notice a lot of people switching to tequila, you know, for nine years before I even thought about turning it into a company. And did that homemade concoction tequila, did that have a name back then? It was called Cat's Tequila. Everything Ooh. we did back then, Max, I, was I would have super never scientific. guessed that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and came out of a focus group. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and the uh, homemade label said hashtag winning on them. Exactly. And, uh, the exactly. rest is history. That's really cool, though. I mean, you had like, so you had a bit of a, you know, a rough time and a medical scare. And then you, you know, got some advice and just started experimenting. And it's, it's crazy that it, like, as you said, you did that for years before it came an actual business. What point did somebody tell you that you got to like start thinking bigger with this thing and going just beyond friends and family? I'm a huge, I love to, I'm a big observer of people. I used to, in my prior life, I used to work in the entertainment industry. And one of my jobs was um, working for a management company where we managed comedians. And interesting thing about comedians is that they're actually quite, they're very quiet in real life. You know, up on stage, that persona and all those jokes and making people laugh, they leave it up on that stage. And in real life, they're observers. And I always just, I found that very fascinating. I've always been a very curious person and I was just observing a lot all the time. And I noticed that a lot of my girlfriends specifically were switching from wine and champagne to tequila. And if we were out at a bar or restaurant, so they were either asking me for bottles of my infused tequila or if we were out at a bar or restaurant, um, I noticed that they would order tequila soda, 
you know, three limes, tequila, soda, you know, a splash of juice. And they were drinking it in this, the same way that I was drinking it as a spritz. And they weren't asking to have it neat and they weren't sipping it. You know, you'd seen all these new sipping tequilas that come on the market, but they weren't asking to sip it. They weren't asking to shoot it. They were asking to have it as a spritz. And so I realized that there was this entire new way to drink tequila. And that's really what I call us is the first ever drinking tequila that you actually can drink like a wine nightly, you know, every night, as opposed to just on occasion in a margarita, or if you're out there doing shots to like, you know, have one of those celebratory nights, say, um, this was a very different way that people were drinking it, especially girls I knew and guys I knew who were looking to drink less carb, moving away from beer, were also moving to tequila. And I just found that so peculiar because that's, no one was switching to vodka. They were all switching to tequila. And it was really armed with that, that I thought, huh, what is going on in this tequila aisle? Because I was going in buying the Blanco that I was going to infuse and I wasn't really paying attention to what else was in the aisle. And so it was more about just seeing that so many people that I knew. And then even when I was at the bar, I noticed other girls that were ordering, were ordering it in that same way too. So kind of armed with all of that, I thought, you know, maybe there is a there's an opportunity here. And then that's when I approached my sister, Nicole, and my, uh, and our, and both of our dear friends, Sarika, um, who also were both moms at the time. We all have two kids and said to them, Hey, do you guys want to start a tequila company? <laughs> oh, nice. That's a good, uh, tagline, a good pickup line as I well, I think. <laughs> hey. So that brings us to, the official official, past the unofficial, uh, start of 21 Seeds. So the three of you teamed up, decided to make this a reality. What was the big first hurdle or, or thing you had to tackle to actually, you know, turn this from Cat's Tequila to, you know, what would become 21 Seeds? Uh, so the three of us had no spirits experience. We did not come from spirits. I thought you were saying you had no spirit, like you had no, no passion had, about the project. No I'm like, come spirit. on. <laughs> we're actually vampires, Max. Oh, yeah, I got the garlic. (laughs) I got garlic and the steak around me. Yeah. Um, All vampires are drawn to tequila. So if you see anyone (laughs) drinking tequila, they might be a vampire. You know, it does get consumed at night a lot. Funny you mentioned. Max's public service announcement to the world is to bring me on to warn people about vampire drinking tequila. Um, (laughs) Diageo is thrilled right now. We basically, you know, we didn't have spirits experience, right? And we were, we were three moms, right? So not only did we not have spirits experience, we were three moms and we had no idea, you know, how to start. I I literally said to them, do you guys want to start a tequila company? They said yes, right back without really giving it a thought. I think they had had my tequila for years, so they loved it. So in theory, it was a great idea. And once we, you know, the first thing we, we decided to do was to go and hire uh, a lawyer. We were like, we need to talk to a lawyer because we knew that spirits, you know, seemed like, you know, anything that, that's that good must be regulated, right? So we thought, this must be a really regulated industry. Let's go talk to a lawyer. And, you know, lawyers are expensive and you don't want to skimp out on a good lawyer when you're dealing uh, in a regulated industry. You want to make sure, you you know, you get what you pay for. That is so true. So we were very um, conscious about money back then. So we, we wrote down all of our questions on a list and we thought, okay, 
no, no dawdling. Like we just, we're going to go in there. We're going to ask the question. Once we get the answer, we move on to the next question. No chitty chat. We're not making friends. This is not our friend. We just want answers. So we did that. And that was a great first place to start. Um, so once we met with the lawyer, got a bunch of answers and we got a bunch of leads, right? Go talk to this person, go talk to that person. Then we went on say a three month, you know, exploratory journey where we just talked to everyone that would speak to us about anything. Um, and you know, we actually, we found out just as much from talking to people who were discouraging us from going into the spirits industry. than we found out from those that encouraged us to go into the spirits industry. So talk to everyone, even the naysayers. What's an example of that? What's something a, a quote unquote naysayer said that was actually pretty profound and helpful? Yeah. Well, so for example, he, he said he had tried to start a tequila company that failed. So he it was said, called 20 seeds. It was called it was 20 seeds. Short. And that's when we're like, let's just add an extra seed. And then there's, <laughs> I mean, right. So, yeah, and then you have the partnership with Count Chocula and then, exactly. you know, there you and then go. we're good to go. And then the Kool-Aid <laughs> guy comes through the wall. So then <laughs> basically he said, don't do it, you know, and gave us a list of reasons why we shouldn't do it. And they were all pretty compelling reasons, but in his reasoning, you know, in the reasons that he gave us, he accidentally or inadvertently, he wasn't even thinking about it, said to us, you know, and then of course I hadn't registered my business in Mexico. And then when I went to import it, I was, you know, I had to go back and do that, which took another six months. And after we hung up that, that on, from that call, we kind of looked at each other and cause at this point, you know, we had, we were sort of further along down the road and we thought, oh my God, even this great lawyer that we had hired hadn't told us to register, you know, our company in Mexico. And you have to do that in order to be able to export. And so if we hadn't had that conversation, we would have been in the exact same position as this, as this guy in that one aspect of his business in that when we were ready to, to bring the product to market, we would have had to wait another six months, which would have killed us because our very first customer was BevMo and it was a very tight turnaround. So like without even knowing it, just even that bit of advice really saved us. And, you know, it, it was from someone who said, absolutely don't do this. It's really, really tough. It's a very competitive landscape. You know, there are a million tequilas out there. Everybody's got one, even the big guys. So, you know, how are you going to do it? That's so different. And we thought, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> now, are you registered in Transylvania as well? Correct. No, I'm just gonna, I'll stop. There's always like three, time. three, three too far. Yeah. I'm not even like a, obsessed with vampires or anything. Not usually until I drank this tequila. No. <laughs> so it, that's, that's a really cool kind of exploratory adventure you had. And you have, and you said that was three months. You learned a ton. Now I know part of your adventure was probably somewhere around that time frame was actually going down to Mexico and finding a partner to that, you know, actually develops the tequila. Tell us about that experience. Yeah. So there are distilleries in Mexico. So first of all, all tequila comes from a region in Mexico uh, called Jalisco, and it has a designation of origin, just like champagne comes from champagne and, you know, cognac and ah. brandy are the same, but <laughs> yeah. cognac comes from that region. So that was another thing that made it complicated, right? Is that we weren't trying to make vodka or whiskey that you can make in the States. We were trying to make tequila, which means you have to import it. And there's a whole other, you know, governing body that, that manages it down there. So it just made it that much more complicated. But, um, we went down there and there's a number of distilleries who will make tequila for you. 
you know, that you can, you can, you can work with them uh, as a partner and they'll make tequila for you. And our focus was to find a distillery um, that was already making a tequila, a Blanco tequila that was exceptionally smooth. We wanted a very, very, very smooth tequila. And our, dist- our distillery actually does this extra step of chill filtration, um, which is something you more, you, re- you really see it more in whiskey, you know, to make sure that the heart of the distillation is super, super smooth and anything that may have gotten, you know, in from the head and the tail, which is the stuff you try to take out, if it slipped into the heart, the chill filtration will get it out of there. Do they call that chill fill for short? Because they should. Yes, they do. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Cool. So we it's a fill. smooth, smooth Blanco super, with chill super fill. Super, smooth Blanco. And that was the the reason they were our number one choice. You know, some people want a tequila that has, you know, grass notes or sweeter notes, things like this. Like we wanted a very neutral-based tequila because we were going to infuse it and it's very light touch infusion. You know, this is, this is not like a lot of products you see on the market that look like orange grapefruit juice or orange juice or limeade. You know, it's like infused with flavor, but it looks like it's just flavored. This is actual infusion. And if you've ever, you know, infused, say, made a sangria with white wine and you put the fruit in, it doesn't really change the color of the liquid very much. It just, there's like a hint. So that's because it's very light touch. And so that's what we were trying to do. And when we got there, you know, we were really excited too, because it was, there were a lot of female employees at this distillery, which was really cool, uh, which we hadn't seen at, at the other distilleries. And so we thought that was a sign too, right? I feel like there's always a bit of luck, especially having come from the movie industry um, before this career. Um, there's always a bit of luck in, in everything, but in my mind, luck is just these things happen and present themselves and you either choose to go down one path or the other path, right? And I think that when, you know, as you go along the journey, if you keep choosing the right paths, that's the luck, but it also is because you chose right, you know? And so we chose to go with them. Now they also had to choose us, which was interesting because we were trying to do something very different. No one in Mexico uh, was infusing at the time. And so this was like quite, uh, we had to do stuff at the distillery. And here we were three moms, right, who had no spirits experience. And we're like, but taste it. See what we're making. It's so delicious. And um, <laughs> the family that owned the distillery tasted it and they loved it. And they were like, we're in. So it was really cool. So we all kind of embarked on this journey together. And the next thing you know, we were sort of off to the races. And we we, we finally had found a partner who was going to make this tequila for us. But then that part, check. But now what? So now we have tequila. What do you do with it? You know, how do you sell it? On How does that work on the production side? Like, do they, do they send you, like, the raw tequila or, like... No, everything happens there. Okay, it all happens yeah, there. Yeah, it okay. all happens at the distillery. So early <laughs> All the on, magic happens in Mexico. All the magic happens in Mexico. And early on... And by the way, if you've never been to the town, our distillery is in the town of tequila... And there's actually a town of tequila in this I mean, region of Jalisco. I, I'm just visualizing billboards and welcome to tequila. But that, yeah, yeah, there's a, that, big, that's there's awesome. a big sign in the center in the it's square. It's pretty fresh down tequila. there. <laughs> yep. It's basically Disneyland for adults. 
so it's it's really a charming town. It's really it's worth visiting, and also the whole region is just so stunning, right? Because if you've ever been to um, Napa or just a winery in general, right, where you see just fields and fields of of grapevines, imagine that just on steroids down there because agave, you know, it takes seven years to grow an agave plant, right? So it's not like Napa where every year they harvest the grapes. You have to wait seven years. So you have to plant like this many the first year, then move over to the plot next to it, this many more the next year. So it's just everywhere you look in this area of Mexico, it is covered from like the sky down to the ground in these agave plants, which are beautiful. And so it's, it's really like the scale of it is, will floor you. And then of course the food is great. The people are amazing. The cocktails are delicious. So you can't go wrong. So all of you go out there and plan. Maybe that's where you should go for your honeymoon, Max. Yeah. Yeah. We might have to, we, we are <laughs> drinking more and more tequila. Uh, so it's a, it's a good spot to be, but I'm th- like, I, I have chills or goosebumps or maybe both. I'll call them chill bumps, chill fill <laughs> of, uh, you describing like the, just the breathtaking scale of everything because I've heard that like I, I recently went down just like a like like you with observing people I'm the same way with researching random facts and knowledge and stuff and so I went down like a big wormhole looking up stuff about tequila recently and looked up videos of them like chopping up the agave plant and like you know taking out the pina and yep. like the, you know the core of it and all and it's like like they have to like it, it takes I forget what the numbers are maybe you know but like the amount of plants it takes to like actually produce tequila is insane. Like it, it takes up so many, it, it's so many plants and requires so much land in order to do that, which obviously they have down there, but like, it's really cool. Unfortunately, the only, unfortunately, the only, I guess, image I have of like endless rows of agave is through watching Narcos, which is a fantastic show, but I would love to see it in person one day. Yeah. It's, it's really worth seeing. It's worth visiting. So um, yeah, they, they make everything for us. And then we, import the finished product. So we did, so we spent a lot of time again going down there and you know working with them to make sure that the product was just right the way that we wanted it and all of that sort of thing and then you know ultimately we were able to have a finished product and import it and then it was just now up to us to sell it. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, which no problem at all, right? Exactly. That's the production side of things. Like developing a product or developing a beverage is a really interesting space because, and anybody who's worked in like the the CPG world knows this as well, but like you have the end consumers, which is obviously really important. And like, that's who your target is. That's your, who you're talking to. That's who you create this for. But then also like, like they're never going to get it if it doesn't get into the, the customers, like the retailers first. So in terms of those actual customers, like the stores that you sell this to, how did you win your first big customers? We basically just hearkened back to who's our customer, right? Like, like you said, right? Our ultimate customer, who's going to buy this off the shelf? And we started with what we knew, right? We had limited marketing dollars. So I think it's really important to know who your customer is. That's like one of the most important things before you do any of this. It's like, what is your, who's your customer and what are they willing to pay for it? And what are they not going to buy instead? right? Like, cause they're not going to buy two things. It's people always think that, Oh, this is such a great product. They're going to buy the product they normally buy plus our thing. And right. that's, that's just a losing proposition dead on arrival. Like, yeah, every, everybody's got cash burning a hole in their pocket, you exactly. know, like why not? Yeah. I want to try everything on the planet, you know? So <laughs> it's like, 
So you really have to focus on that consumer and just making that consumer aware of, of the product and then getting them to like change their mind to buy your thing instead and to try your thing instead is, is a Herculean task. So we were super, super, super focused. And again, we had spoken to a lot of people about how the spirits industry works and spirits is even more, it's even harder than wine and beer because with wine and beer, you can sell direct. Like you can go into a winery, taste the wine and then get on their you know, mailing list and, and buy wine directly from them. You don't even have to buy it from a retailer, just directly from the winery or the distillery for beer or for the brewery for beer with distilled spirits, you know, like tequila, vodka, whiskey, you can't do that. And so we have to sell it to a distributor. The distributor sells it to the retailer and then the retailer sells it to you, the end user. So that was problematic for us because our end user, ultimately we were focused on women because we noticed again, so many women changing, switching from champagne and wine to tequila. So we said, okay, and this is how we were drinking it. So we're like, we know ourselves, we know how we shop, we know where we shop. Like, let's just focus on that because we don't need a focus group to tell us where we shop. The other interesting part though about spirits is there's where you can buy it. And then there's sort of like, how do people discover spirits, right? And traditionally in the spirits industry, where people discover spirits, where they taste it first before they buy a whole bottle is in a bar or restaurant, right? You're at a bar, you're at the, you know, sitting at the bar and the bartender is say pouring some whiskey you've never seen before. And you're like, oh, tell me about that whiskey. And then they tell you about the whiskey and then you, you say, I want to try it. You try it and you're like, oh, that's pretty good. And then you buy it. Were you at the bar in Hoboken last night? How'd you know? No. I mean, <laughs> I had you, um, there was a body cam on the guy next to you, Max, <laughs> and so I have all that footage, and I'm talking to your bride later, and we're going to go through that footage together <laughs> okay, with some 21 great. Seeds tequila. <laughs> so. Oh, did not mean to open a, a can of uh, tequila worms here, mezcal worms. <laughs> yeah. 21 cans. So anyway, so basically, we were like, okay, first of all, that whole scenario is amazing, but that's not how that's not what happens with female drinkers, right? That 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 story, you know, is the is probably what happens with male drinkers, but women do not discover brands in bars and restaurants. Women discover all brands, doesn't matter what the brand is, uh, from what I like to call this outer premise, which is this online universe of stuff they're reading, whether they're reading online, whether they're listening to something online, a podcast, whether they're getting friend recommendations on Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest. Like I'm sure your bride has a Pinterest board for your wedding of everything pinned on it. And you go over yeah. it like on a biweekly basis. Oh, like, there's, <laughs> she's quite active on her phone. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Lots phone. of inspiration stuff. Exactly. And that's where women discover brands. So we decided we weren't going to really focus on the on-premise, which is bars and restaurants, right? We were going to we were going to let her find out about our brand, make her aware of our brand, where she actually discovers brands, which is this outer premise. So that takes care of that piece of it. And then in terms of where where she could buy it, you know, we said, okay, we were in California. We launched in California. We had a contact, like we knew a friend of a friend of a friend who knew someone who used to work at BevMo. So that was exactly how many points of, of, of um, you know, like what's that, um, Kevin Bacon, like eight points of reference yeah, yeah, yeah. or whatever. 21 seeds of connection. 21 seeds of connection to someone who used to work at BevMo. So or or like, of separation, that's what it is. Yeah. Right. 
Um, but that guy had saved this guy's life. So the guy that we knew that knew the guy that used to work at Bemo had like saved this guy's life. So we're like, you're calling this favor in and you're going to get us a meeting with Bebmo. And at the time, we didn't know anything about windows and there are these windows that they order in. And if you catch them in the window, that's great. If you don't, you don't. So again, we got very lucky because we happened to be, we happened to catch them in one of those windows. And also good timing on our part in that the Kettle Botanicals had just you know, recently come to market. And those were very successful over in the vodka aisle. So we got in front of the BevMo buyer and, you know, they tasted the product and it was delicious. So at the end of the day, 21 seeds infused tequila is delicious. And that's first and foremost, like if it's not delicious, all this other stuff is great, but it's not going to, it's not going to get you reorders, right? You might get someone to try it, but it's not getting them to keep buying it. So we get in front of the, the BevMo buyer and they said to us, listen, you know, yeah, I mean, these are really delicious and we, you guys are new, so we think we could probably, you know, we might bring in one or two of the SKUs. We have three infusions, right? We have Valencia orange, cucumber jalapeno, and grapefruit hibiscus. And they tried them all. They're like, they're delicious. And they said, though, you're new, though, maybe one or two in say our top stores and they have 146 total stores in California. And when we got the PO from them, we were actually down at the distillery doing our first production run. And we got, we looked at the PO and we, we thought it was a mistake because they brought us into all 146 stores, all three infusions. Oh my God. And so we were like, Oh my God, that's like our entire first run. And we got to get it there stateside. You know, we got to get it across the state, the border, customs, all that stuff, and get it on shelf. Because once you get the order from the big guys, it's like the turnaround is pretty quick. So we were freaking out. We didn't even have the website up. We didn't even have website photos. I got really sick because I ate ramen at a gas station in Mexico, which I don't <laughs> don't recommend. I think there's a commercial about that. Yeah. <laughs> I look over and one of our the folks traveling with us He's like, what are you, he's eating like a pound cake out of like cellophane. I'm like, what are you doing for lunch? You can have a pound cake. He's like, and I'm like, <sighs> like sucking every last drop of ramen <laughs> out of the cup. And he's like, I just don't think they're, they're filtering the water here, cat. And I'm just like, why would you let me eat this? Oh God. <laughs> the next thing you know, is like not good. But anyway, we survived all that and we were able to get the order into BevMo and that was our first customer. So we were off to the races. You know, we knew how to find her in this outer premise, in this online media universe. And then, you know, she, we could direct her on where to, to go buy it. And at that point, we had a few, you know, retailers that sold at BevMo. And um, there was one retailer that could ship. So, you know, they could ship to, I think it was 11 states or something. So we were able to, like, start getting it beyond just my immediate group of friends and family. Right. And that's another Crossing thing. state lines. Yeah. And also just like to entrepreneurs out there, you know, it's important to know if you've really got a business or not. You got to wait till you get more than, you know, a hundred customers. Cause like between your family, your friends and their friends, that's like a hundred people, you know, you got to go beyond that to, to see if this thing's got legs, you know? Yeah. That goes back to your earlier point. I think that feedback again, is, is so helpful. And obviously feedback from family and friends is super helpful. But like, if you get feedback from strangers or like people trying your product that you, you know, that maybe they're like your friends, cousins, ex friend, whatever your connection was, that maybe is even more valuable because then there's like absolutely positively no bias towards like 
you or something you created. Exactly. That's exactly right. I mean, and in the three years now uh, that we've been in market, we've sold, I think, over a million bottles of 21 Seeds now at this point. And nice. Congrats. Thank you. And the thing is about it, um, we've probably, in that amount of time, maybe gotten like eight complaints of just like on shipping, if anything, you know. I mean, we really have such a, an amazing fan base and loyal. Our customers are so fantastic. In fact, we just got invited to our first wedding by one of our customers who's such like, they love 21 seeds so much that they're like, we want to have you guys at our wedding. So they oh invited us three founders. That's amazing. To the wedding. It's, been, it's an amazing community. And I, I love, I love, love, love our, our community. I, we call them our seed squad and they're just the coolest. They send us photos. I love recipes. I do all our recipes, make all our recipe um, for the cocktails and stuff. And I, you know, I'm always looking to just put less in there, you know, with 21 seeds, it's, it's already so smooth. It's already got just this incredible hint of flavor. It smells amazing. You really don't have to do much to it, but I do love cocktails and I love pretty cocktails. And, you know, I like taking the flavors of certain cocktails and then putting in less, you know, putting in less of the liqueur and the, and the sugar and all that stuff, just so that you can, feel better the next day, you know, enjoy, but still feel better the next day. Have sa save room for the wedding cake. Yeah, yes, absolutely. <laughs> Always essential. What feedback have you heard from customers? And maybe it's just people in the industry that you've worked with about why this has taken off so much. Like the story you're talking us through, like all this stuff, you know, in the grand scheme of starting a business, like this is all happening really, really quick. And obviously you got some more exciting news that we're going to talk about, but why do you and, and, and people think uh, things are, are working so well? Um, I think a big reason was because we hit really every trend that unknowingly really, right? Like I created the product and I do believe this is, if you look back on, you know, breakout brands, right? That really just kind of, that did what we did, right? They came on, they, they hit the market, they exploded and then there's like a big amount of success in a short amount of time. I think it's because that person who created it was like really trying to solve one person's need, like a need for something. And it was really looking at every pain point of that one customer, right? And in doing that, you inadvertently sort of solve and tap into trends that are going on for many, many people, but you don't really realize it because you're not consumed with all the noise of like trying to solve all those. You're not like, oh, what's going on over here? Maybe I should go chase that. What's going on over there? Maybe I should go get into that business or look, everyone's doing this over here. I'm going to go try to do that. I wasn't thinking about any of that, right? I was like, I, and you can, anyone you talk to who knows me knows I am obsessed about my coffee and my cocktails. Like what I am, I'm, I'm a liquids person. I'm not as much a food person. That's my brother-in-law, Frank, my sister's husband. He's the foodie. I am a liquids person because it just drives me bananas. The idea that like I would drink something that is going to have calories. Cause I already feel like there's like, that's just extra calories. It's almost like it shouldn't count because it's liquid. You're not actually chewing it. That's why I could never do a liquid diet. Cause I'm like, I need to eat my food and then drink my drinks and I yeah. want my drinks to be perfect because I don't want to waste a single extra calorie on something I'm drinking. So like my coffee, I need it to be really hot. And I, all my friends know it's like, 
I have gone through so many coffee cups because I feel like they're not designed right. You know, I feel like either the lip is too thick and so it drips on the outside of the coffee cup or it make the it's like a bowl and so all of the heat escapes and it just... So I'm obsessed with the temperature of coffee and I won't drink it. If it's not hot, I'll send it back. And so same is true <laughs> with my cocktail. So when I set out to make something that I would enjoy as much as I was going to enjoy that glass of wine, I really thought about all of it, including how easy it is to, to serve 21 seeds, right? Like I don't want to have to fuss over a crazy cocktail every time I just want to pour you know, something that I'm going to finish my night off with to relax my right. mind. I want that, that signature serve, our seed and soda, to be so easy. I don't have to do math. I don't need a jigger that has like ounces and, you know, like has four half ounce, ounce. Like no one has that in their kitchen. I don't want to have to go out and buy new equipment to make, a, you know, a cocktail at the end of my night. I want it to be easy. And so I really was thinking about every one of those pain points, including the price, right? Like, could we charge more? Could we charge, you know, $100 a bottle for 21 seeds? And would our consumers pay for it? Yes, they would, because that's how much they love 21 seeds. But again, we don't need to do that, right? Like we priced it at the, at the right price that was affordable. It's like an affordable luxury, you know? So that's, I really thought about, we, we, the three of us thought about every one of those pain points, stuff I wasn't thinking about. Nicole and Sarka were like chiming in on. So that was number one. Now, in doing this and bringing this market to product, we happened to solve, there were a lot of trends we hit, probably because I was drinking on trend, you know, like everyone else, <laughs> my palate had shifted. I wasn't looking for really sugary eight ingredient cocktails anymore, you know, and look at ready to drinks, right? They're a hundred calories, right? So I think people wanted less in their drinks. They wanted to, them to be less complicated. The spritz had exploded. So we tapped into that spritz, you know, occasion and that spritz, the spritz as a serve. Um, the wellness trend was, you know, well underway. F being female founded, you know, was a trend. This, uh, being a tequila, you know, agave spirits were on trend. That's where everything was going. So we hit all these trends kind of unbeknownst to us, but again, I was just basing it on how I was drinking and what I was observing. So of course I'm observing things that are, that are trendy because that's what makes a trend a trend. Everyone's doing it. So, yeah, you know, yeah. we just kind of tapped into everything at the right time. But again, Max, at the end of the day, because I was creating a product that I wanted to be able to order in the store and in a bar or restaurant for the rest of my life, I needed to make sure, like, I wasn't going to bring it to market and unless the three of us, me, Nicole, and Sarka, could make it amazing. It had to taste like what I was making at home. Otherwise, I wasn't interested in doing it because it wasn't solving my ultimate problem. Right, exactly. You don't want to spend a bunch of time and money and have a, a shitty product? Are you kidding me? What's I know. wrong? <laughs> Imagine that. You have this magical mix of, of things and, and trends and ingredients and product launches and customers with a you know very distant connection to you. Fast forward and you are now being acquired by Diageo, which I don't know. Am I pronouncing that right? Diageo? You are. You Perfect. Are. Cool. You pronounce all right. it perfectly. Diageo. Awesome. I've been practicing all morning, so good thing. It's, it's coming in handy, that in Transylvania. When you had George Clooney and Ryan Reynolds on the show, they didn't teach you how to pronounce it? That's actually right <laughs> after you. So yeah, we're going to do, <laughs> we'll Ladies get to first. their tequila and, and gin story. Ladies first, right? <laughs> Ladies first. 
Yeah, exactly. We'll do a uh, 21 A-list actors after this. But uh, what? Uh, now I lost my train of thought. You got me with Clooney. <laughs> Clooney always gets you. No, <laughs> he gets you. Stars him. Oh, so you're being acquired by Diageo, which for anybody who's not familiar, their list of brands is like the most impressive thing I've ever seen. Like basically, like every well-known brand <laughs> in the spirits and in the beverage space. Like odds are, like it's from. Diageo. So really, really cool. Congrats on that. When did this come up that you might want to get bought up by one of the bigger guys like this? Which is a raw way of putting it, but it's it's a very exciting thing. It's super. Listen, we are ecstatic. We are so, we're so stoked because now with Diageo, you know, and you, you nailed it, Max, they are the biggest spirits company in the world. And the reason why they're the biggest in the world is because exactly what you mentioned, it's the best brands. You know, they buy the best, they buy the best brands and they have this incredible reach, you know, and infrastructure that it would just take us years and years and years and years, like, you know, 20, 30 years to build and to gain that sort of reach and infrastructure. And so, you know, the originally they were really onto us from the start. Like they taste, they, of course they taste everything. They pay attention. They're observers too. Right. So, and, and, and so did the other, the, the other big guys too. They weren't the only ones who, you know, came knocking, but the thing was with them is they were the first, uh, really early on, just less than a year in market that we'd been in market. They, they, they came and had a conversation with us. And at that point, we weren't ready to sell to them because we just felt like there's still so much we haven't even proven to ourselves that, you know, the market that we believe is there is there for us. And we wanted to make sure that this brand had found its community first, you know, because I think so often like brands, they don't take the time and community doesn't happen overnight, right? We were in market for three years before we sold. And over the course of those three years, you know, we spent a lot of time nurturing the community that we had created our seed squad. And, you know, we have an email subscriber list of 80,000 women, you know, that we email on a weekly basis, like with cocktail recipes and ideas on how to, you know, Oh, this is coming up. It's Valentine's day or it's Friendsgiving or, you know, here's (laughs) a big batch idea for mother's day. You know, we wanted to make sure that it was in, it had this sort of groundswell, like really intense, group of folks that were behind the brand first um, and that, you know, we, we were where we wanted to be. And at this point we were in so many of the national chains. So our consumer could buy it everywhere, but now we were really like, okay, that's done. Now we do want to tackle, you know, the on-premise, the restaurants and the bars and all those smaller, you know, individual um, liquor stores and wine and spirit stores that just require so much, um, so many feet on the street and so much infrastructure to actually do right, right? Because especially in the bars and restaurants, like our hope is that, you know, you see our cocktails on menus done lighter, right? With less in them, um, which is really, I think, the way that consumers want to be drinking, right? And so that they can have a couple of drinks, have a good night, have fun and feel great the next day and come back and want to have to do that again, Right. And so that requires training and really personnel. At that point, we sort of had a moment where we thought, okay, you know, we could go out and raise just a bunch of money and do that, or we could, and we still then have to hire all those people and do all of that, and we're still not going to do it as well as Diageo does it. 
So we thought, let's just partner with them. And they were fully, you know, we're staying, we're, we're still here. We're still absolutely involved with the brand. You know, all three of us founders and some of our team, our initial team is actually going over to Diageo, which is really exciting. Oh, wow. And That's awesome. Yeah. And so we're all, we're all still with the brand. We just have now this entire machine behind us to help yeah. us reach all those consumers. To put it lightly. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that we couldn't reach before and go international, you know, and take 21 seeds overseas. Which is so exciting because, you know, Nicole, my sister and I moved here from Greece when we were kids. We moved here when I was five and my sister was three. And so we're so excited. You know, we have tons of relatives in Greece. We go back to Greece as often as we can. And they're so excited to have 21 seeds in Greece. And so we're thrilled to at the, the idea that we'll now be able to not only get it to everybody living in the States, but also start branching out overseas and make this like a global brand, which is really cool. Reese Lightning. They should put that in a movie. If you would be interested in, in podcast Lightning, which also should be put in a movie as well, or may, at least in a podcast, hit me up at maximaxpodcasting.com. I can help you save time with your high-quality podcast and help you bring it to life if you don't have one already. I've been doing this for quite some time, both on the hosting side and the editing side, and I'm sure I can help answer your questions and also take loads and loads and loads off your plate in the process. Hit me up at MaximaxPodcasting.com to bring that beautiful and and, and maybe Greek-food-focused podcast to life. Now, let's wrap this baby up with some lightning-fast Rapid fire Q and A. It's it's that fast. I'm, I swear. Let's wrap up with some rapid fire Q and A. You ready for it? Yeah. All right. Let's get wild. Let's get a. Let, let's join the seed squad. What is the meaning of the name of Twenty One Seeds? We are two sisters, one girlfriend, and seeds is just the planting on things to come, and everything that goes into Twenty One Seeds is natural and. We want to spread the love and spread the celebration and plant the seed. Oh, that's so cool. That's all. I, I think me, like I'm sure many others, like when you see the name, it's like, hmm, is there like a fruit or a plant or something that has like 21 seeds in it? I didn't realize it was all, it's almost more like a metaphorical meaning behind it. Totally. So that's, that's awesome. Cool. Now we can start the interview over again. We'll go that direction. <laughs> no. <laughs> when you are, and if you are ever able to have some free time and, you know, not check emails and kind of take your head off the business for a little bit. What is your favorite, we'll call it a creative hobby. You're going to think so much less of me, but I go down the, t- the TikTok wormhole. Like uh, I just get lost in TikTok. I think more I'm of you. So no, I'm impressed with what people are doing on TikTok. Like uh, so impressed. I find like, uh, that's like my new research. I used to be a YouTuber, but now I'm a, I, I'm all about TikTok. It's just snackable. It's so much faster, and you can get lost in it. It's amazing. It's certainly yeah. It's like the fat. The first time I experienced it, so I was like, this is like all of a sudden Instagram just felt like old, like outdated <laughs> because it TikTok moves so crazy fast. So yeah, that's great. On that note of observing, you mentioned that you worked in the entertainment industry. You observe comedians, other than. As you said, a lot of comedians being surprisingly quiet. What, what's something about comedians that you think people would be surprised by that was pretty clear when you're observing comedians? 
Well, to be honest, like that would surprise me even. I think most people think that when they come off stage, they are ready to have a conversation and they're going to be just as lively and, you know, boisterous. And, and you're, you're actually bracing yourself because you want them to, to rip on you. Like, you know, roast me, you know, say something funny It's got to be me. super tiring to crack jokes all the time. Like you got to... They truly it's, it's just... exhausting. Yeah, they don't talk. They really come off stage and say nothing. Like it's actually not fun. That's the, the thing you might not expect. Don't go, don't try to get backstage passes to a comedy show because you will be disappointed. You're better off going to getting backstage to like a music festival. You're going to have more fun. Yeah, it's going to be much more entertaining on the, the front stage passes. What is a super cool place to visit in Greece that maybe not that many people would know about because everybody thinks of Mykonos and Santorini and all those? Well, I'll give you two things you should do. One is you should go to Milos. Milos is stunning. It's almost like the most beautiful beaches you've ever seen. Like gorgeous, gorgeous. Some of the most beautiful beaches are on Milos and it has the rock formations. You almost feel like you're on the moon. It's gorgeous. Then if you do go to Mykonos, because if you, if you're going for your first time, you got to go to Mykonos, go to a restaurant called Spilla, which means the cave. And it's S-P- I-L-I-A, Spilla. It is so cool in the winter when the weather comes and the way, you know, the water, the, 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 the water gets higher. The restaurant is completely uh, covered by water. Like you can't actually access where the restaurant is. So you oh can only God. eat at it in the summertime and it's the best seafood, the setting. There's a DJ that starts around three or four in the afternoon and it's just magical and you can't you can't eat there in the winter time because it's covered with water it's a sunken cave that's out of this world they well so dan and i have gotten to experience the greek islands once we went a few years ago like a year after we started dating we, we planned this whole big trip and we did mykonos well, we did athens and then mykonos and santorini and then paris which is cool as well but like those greek islands do feel like you're on a whole different world like it's a different planet it's really really cool i think uh Spilia? Spia? Is that how you said it? Spia. Spia. Okay. Spilia. You, you pronounce it. I'm just going to, I'm going to edit this to just replay your pronunciation <laughs> over and over again. Spilia. 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 But uh, I'm, I think my friends, Alex and Allie might've just gone there for their honeymoon. There's the name looks familiar. And, oh yeah. But it's, ask it's absolutely beautiful there. So, so perfect. Cool. cool. All right. I'm itching to get, get back to Greece already. And then <laughs> what's your absolute favorite food to pair with your 21 seeds drinking? Uh, it's gotta be chips and guac, chips and guac. Can't beat it. Uh, and then finally, besides getting kind of entrenched in the endless agave fields, what is the second coolest thing that you have done on your Mexican visits? I would say the gardens. So there are these gardens, the Jose Cuervo family is a really important family down in Mexico. You know, <laughs> I, I mean, but, so. no, but like, but they've done so much. I think they have a different reputation here in the States that you think about like just Jose Cuervo and tequila, that tequila, which is maybe thought of as not as like not premium or whatever. So right? they're like the Kardashians down there. I'm just kidding. Like they're so, they're really, really cool. And they, they have done a lot for the, for the tequila industry, um, just the culture and like really, you know, embedding it in, in, in terms of like having it be part of like, when you think of Mexico, you think about tequila, but all of, a lot of that was done by this family. And they have these gorgeous gardens there that you can tour in the town of tequila. And they're really, really beautiful and definitely worth seeing. 
perfect. Uh, they they need to start paying you as like a tequila brand travel guide <laughs> ambassador <laughs> because awesome. I'm, I'm itching to go there as well. Well, Kat, thank you so much. This has been awesome and just absolutely. Ab- I can't say it, but absolutely love your your product and brand and your company, everything that you've done. And you're just an awesome, amazing person. So this has been really, really fun. And you've um, now made it through my uh, trademark quickest rapid fire in history. You can tell I'm very rapid with the questions. Where is the best place for people to try out 21 Seeds? And also if they want to just learn more or connect with you. Absolutely. Uh, first thing you should all do is immediately follow us on Instagram. Super simple. It's just 21 and the word seeds. Um, not very hard. And uh, <laughs> It's got an at symbol in front of it. <laughs> it's got an at symbol. The legal drinking age is 21, so you can't forget that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so follow us on Instagram and we always put out all of our delicious recipes are there. Anything going on with the brand, any Kardashian that's drinking it is on <laughs> 21 Seeds. So Perfect. all of that is found on our Instagram. And then of course, if you go to our website and you happen to have seen a fun recipe on our Instagram that you want to then follow up on and it disappeared because it was in a real or story, go to 21seeds.com. And we have a blog on our website that has all of our recipes and big batch recipes for the same recipes and all kinds of fun stuff and, and party ideas. And so definitely find us there. And we also have a, a finder um, where you can find where, you know, you could buy 21 Seeds. We sell in most major retail stores across the country, but locally where you could find it uh, maybe in some of the smaller ones. Perfect. And if you want to try it uh, yourself as fresh as possible, then just go straight to tequila. Mexico. No. Exactly. Awesome. And then last thing, final thoughts, stage is yours. It could be a quote, just like a motto, words to live by, whatever you want. Send us home here. So, you know, I got some great advice once from a man I really deeply respect on how to be successful in business. And he said, Kat, find a parade and get in front of it. And so I just, you know, I said, listen, I see this tequila parade that's going on out there. I'm going to get in front of that parade with our infused tequila, our 21 seeds infused tequila. And March it right up on into Diageo and, and, and success will follow. <laughs> Tequila on Parade. Thank you so much, Kat for coming on the podcast, uh, coming up with the tequila in the first place, rocking it with your fellow sister and, and girlfriend co-founder. And thank you, wild listeners, for coming. Well, thank you for coming on. And thank you, wild listeners, for tuning in to another episode. If you want to hear more wild stories like this one, make sure to follow the Wild Business Growth Podcast on your favorite podcast spot and tell a friend about the podcast. And then try out 21 Seeds and leave them a rating out of 21 Seeds. You can also find us on Good Pods where there are fantastic podcasts and podcast recommendations. And for any help with podcast production, you can learn more at maxpodcasting.com. Hasta la vista. Let your business Run wild. Bring on the bongos.